Hello, beautiful people, and welcome to The Girl on the Swing, and this is Priscilla. Uh, first of all, again, I want to thank everyone for your outpouring of of love and um, messages and text messages and emails and everything about um, my podcast so far. I appreciate the support. I appreciate you guys listening. I appreciate all of it. It means the world to me. I know some of the episodes have been kind of hard to listen to, um, but I absolutely appreciate the love and, the love and support. Um, this week's episode is part two of the night that changed everything. And so I thought, and this is the, and so I thought part. Um, and this is probably going to be the most difficult episode that I've had to record. Um, I think out of the entire podcast. Um, yes, definitely so far. But also, I think for any of the episodes I have coming up, um, this kind of ends the the point of um, some of the abuse and things that went on when I was younger. Uh, this was, we left off in part one, um, where my dad had been arrested, and my mom was in the hospital and she did she did come home from the hospital and um my dad was arrested and then after that I don't you know know where you know he went after that he did before any of us came back home he did come to our home and pretty much remove everything he owned and a lot more he took a lot of he pretty much cleaned us out absolutely <laughs> there wasn't a whole lot left in our our little uh, apartment um, I think my mom moved my sister and I into the large bedroom and, um, we shared a bedroom in there. And then my brother took the smaller bedroom and, um, I have to give my mom credit. She always felt like it was important that us kids had our space and she slept on the couch. She took a twin bed and, um, made it kind of look like a, a day bed during the day and then she would sleep on it sleep on it at, at night. And actually my mom slept on the couch until I was probably twenty five years old. So whatever couch we had, uh, she slept on the couch and made sure that uh we had the bedrooms and we had our space. Um but tonight's episode is one of like I said, one of the hardest uh, ones that I'll have to talk about. And after my dad and mom had separated, and I believe divorce things were happening, um, my dad was still able to see us. And I don't remember what he did with my brother and sister. Um, I'm sure he had come and taken them and, and gone and done gone and done whatever. I don't remember all of that. I remember my brother saying that he had gone um, somewhere with my dad and but I don't I don't remember all the details of you know all of that. I remember I was kind of excited because my dad was going to take me to go eat and get ice cream and um, I know it's hard to say that you're you know excited but especially after the things, some of the things, it's kind of a weird oxymoron, like, you know, you still love the person that's done these things to you. Um, 
which I think because of what we went through as, as kids and some of the, by then even some of the psychological damage it had done to us, it, we still, we still loved our father. Um, it, it just, it's a strange thing to go through. But my dad came in, uh, picked me up, and we had a long sidewalk from like the gate of our apartment. Our apartment was 8C. And we lived in the middle of the apartment community. And there was a long sidewalk from almost from our gate um, that went all the way back to these, I remember these steps, and then it went up to the parking area. And because a lot of times I remember when we were little, we would have races in the grass, you know, who could get, you know, to one spot or the other, you know, the fastest or, or whatever. But uh, that and I remember holding my dad's hand and walking with him and thinking to myself, wow, I get to go, you know, do something with just me and my dad. And, you know, I was kind of excited to go, you know, have some fun or whatever we were going to do. And he mentioned about going to McDonald's and then getting ice cream and whatever. So we get in his car. He still had his um, beautiful red convertible with a white interior that he loved. And I got to sit in the front. And that was a rarity because us kids always had to sit in the back. So I thought it was kind of cool that I got to sit up front. And I was like up front and my dad had his sunglasses on like he always did. And, you know, drive in and I was just like, oh, just, you know, whatever. As a kid, whatever I'm thinking at the time, I don't remember. I do remember he said we had to go by where he was staying. And um, he was staying at a... a a ho- not a hotel, definitely not a hotel. It was a motel. And uh, we went inside and he said he had to make a couple phone calls and do a couple things. And then we were going to go eat. So he turned the TV on and I remember it was a little teeny black and white TV that the picture wasn't really great. And he got on the motel phone and was just seemed to be talking to, you know, people and making phone calls and stuff. And I don't know how long it had been. And I had, I had fallen asleep. And I remember waking up to the room was dark, and the TV was still flashing. And I was on my stomach. And I felt my underwear being removed and I kind of tried to move and my dad yelled don't move and my underwear was taken off the rest of the way and I kind of wasn't too sure what was happening you know as a little kid and um, I just remember that it started to hurt like really bad and I started to cry and to scream a bit and my dad said to put my hand over my mouth and to close my eyes and if I said anything about what happened or about what's gonna happen that um, he would make sure 
whatever happened to my mom next time she wouldn't survive. And so my dad proceeded to do what he did to me. And I just remember laying there and squeezing my eyes closed as tight as I could and feeling pain I had never felt before in my entire life. And again, feeling like I wanted to die. And I just wanted to to scream out as loud as I could. And I couldn't. I felt like I was just like being smashed into the bed and and but yet I felt like I was frozen if that makes any sense. When my dad was done, he told me to put myself back together again and to wait because he was going to go take a shower. And I remember sitting on the edge of the bed and seeing my underwear on the floor. And still as a kid, you're kind of not too sure what just happened. But then also thinking, I think I know what happened. And I just wanted to run out of that room just wanted to I just wanted to run away I put my underwear back on and I noticed there was some blood on the bed and I found my blanket because of course that blanket went everywhere with me and I found a corner in the room and I squished myself in the corner between the some nightstand in the wall and I just faced the wall and I thought if I close my eyes and uh, this just would maybe I could go back home again and I could just wish myself not not to be there and wish myself out of what was happening and I just remember putting my blanket over my head and rocking back and forth, sucking my thumb, trying to comfort myself, trying to find where I could find where I could go to inside and and blank all this out. My dad got out of the shower and uh, said we were going to be leaving. And he got mad because he saw that there was blood on the bed. And so he took a towel out of the bathroom and told me to wipe myself off. <clears throat> and then he, he took another towel to take with us so he could put on the seat of the car so of course I wouldn't get any blood in his car we walked to the car and I kind of thought about running 
I just remember having that feeling of, maybe if I just run fast enough, he won't be able to catch me. You know, and maybe if I just run and hide, he'll never be able to, he'll never be able to find me. But I didn't know where we were at. And I thought about running home and I didn't know which way was home. And I got in the car, of course. Now I was put in the back seat because I guess I wasn't worth anything anymore to sit in the front seat. So I remember driving and it seemed like we just drove forever and I just remember my hair whipping in my face and the smell of my dad's cigarette. And we drove to the parking lot of Savon's by our house. And my dad got out of the car and said he'd be right back. And he came back and brought me an ice cream cone with one scoop of vanilla. And handed it to me and told me to eat it. And I wanted to throw up. And I felt like I was going to throw up. And I just looked at this ice cream as if, why? What was this supposed to fix? What was this supposed to do? This wasn't what this wasn't supposed to be how this this was supposed to go with my dad. And he told me to make sure it didn't drip and to make so I would lick it where the drips were, but I wouldn't eat it. And we drove right to our house because we weren't very far from it and parked. And this time we walked down that long sidewalk. But he didn't hold my hand this time. And the ice cream cone was just dripping on my hands. And I got to the gate and he unlatched the gate so I could go in. And he turned around and he said, okay, goodbye, Beanie. Beanie was my nickname that my dad called me. I turned around and I watched my father walk down that long sidewalk all the way up those stairs and to his car and drive away. And I never realized, you know, that that would be the last time that I would ever see my father. And I went to go inside the gate and I just threw the ice cream cone in the bushes. And I don't remember what happened when I went into my house, but I do remember lying in bed that night and just staring up at that picture of the girl in the swing and wondering if anything like that had ever happened to her before. And if she had ever been through anything like that or anything like my brothers and sisters and I had been through. And then I think I had to squish that out of my mind because I, I, I always wished that she had a happy life and, you know, both parents that loved her and, you know, there was 
joy in her home and, you know, baking cookies at Christmas and turkey dinners at Thanksgiving and family and singing happy birthday to somebody. You know, all of those, you know, picnics and barbecues and all those fun things that families do. That's what I wished for her. Um, my mom, at going forward a bit, my mom was going through the divorce with my dad. And they came from the courts to talk to us kids. And uh, I remember sitting at the table with this man answering his questions. And they were asking us children if we wanted to live with our dad or if we wanted to live with our mom and you know of course I knew my answer but I thought to myself maybe it was safe that I could tell this man you know what what had happened um but then I also thought to myself what if I did tell him and he told my dad and and then my dad somehow got got to us and got to you know our home and and did what he said he would do to my mom and I don't think I could let that happen I don't think I could I only had my mom she was she was the only thing that was my world at that point and I I couldn't let I couldn't let like anything happen to her So I didn't say anything, and I never said anything until I was older and an adult, and I tried to talk to my mom, but I could tell, and it could be the generational thing um, as to, you know, when she was born and how she was raised and such, and things she went through, that it wasn't something that I could tell was going to be receptive, and it wasn't something that whether I think she either wanted to hear or maybe it was truly that I didn't really want to say anything and give her something else that she had to feel bad about. You know, because she already felt bad for, <clears throat> you know, so the things some of us kids had gone through. And and uh, so I th- thought about it and just figured it was probably best that I I don't say anything at all. Um, I want to tell anyone out there that if you're going through something, if you've been abused or you're being hurt or a boyfriend's hitting you or your husband, any anything at all, and we all hear these stories and we all see these stories on TV and, and all the things which, you know, happen. <clears throat> You know, we read about stuff in the newspaper and, you know, all these, you know, what this world is made up of these days. Um, just know that you can you can call somebody. You can tell somebody. There's resources out there. You can not carry this around with you your entire life and feel like that you have to hold on to things like this. And I think my hope in, in through this podcast and um some of the things that I'm finally able to I think I was telling somebody that I was finally able to 
you know, put these things out into the universe. That all these, you know, bad memories and bad events could stick to all the particles and, you know, go up in the universe and just dissolve. And since I've made peace with many of these things, and like I've said, and I will say every time, I don't forgive my father, but I have had to um, make peace with these things. And it's not easy to make peace with with, with things, even, um, you know, when we go through therapy and we go through counseling, it's, uh, it's definitely a journey, and it's definitely uh, taught me a lot of patience and taught me well, forgiveness in, in many aspects. And it just it taught me that I had value. And it taught me that I, you know, didn't have to be that scared little girl and that I could grow up and be a strong, independent, uh, independent person. I wanted to read something. I was reading through a few things uh, this last week. And this is from something called Yesterday I Cried. And it's, you can accept or reject the way you are treated by other people. But until you heal the wounds of your past, you will continue to bleed. You can bandage the bleeding with food, alcohol, drugs, sex, work, or cigarettes. But eventually, it will all ooze through and stain your life. You must find the strength to open the wound, stick your hands deep inside, and pull out the core of the pain that is holding you in your past. And you need to make peace with them. And I thought that was really, really good because that does kind of talk about the journey that you have to go through to, um, you know, find the peace and find, find, uh, find your find your balance again in life and find where you can, you know, go through life and not think about these things every day and, and, uh, live a joyous, happy life. I thank everyone again for listening and I appreciate you hanging in there and listening to some of these couple of really hard episodes. Um, again, I appreciate all your feedback and, and, uh, the love and the emails and, messages it um really really means the world to me and i also want all of you to remember that you <clears throat> you all are amazing and that no matter what you go through in life no matter what your challenges big small you know tremendous whatever you've gone through that you're loved, you matter, and you have value. I want you to th- I want you to say that. You're loved, you matter, and you have value. Don't ever forget that. Those are three things that are extremely important. And I try and say those things to myself every day that I get up and I go about my day and I get done whatever I've accomplished and I'm proud of myself. So remember, you're loved, you matter, and you have value. I hope all of you have a good rest of your week, and I will talk to you again soon. Thanks. Bye.